0: Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee and I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to
1: bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey, needing to change your narrative, Everything you want is possible.
0: As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams.
1: Kirsty can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit Kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today.
0: Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be.
1: Hey, Kirstie. Hi. Oh, what's got you so crabby today? I've literally
0: cried an ocean of tears because I can't figure out the arabesque. I just can't. My body won't move the right way. And now my body hurts. Oh no,
1: a literal ocean of tears? Yikes. Literal. Sounds like you need to read. The, <laughs> sounds like you need to read The Crab Ballet, written by Renee Latulipe and illustrated by Cecile Metzger. It's the most delightful, lyrical, aquatical book. It really is. And I'm already feeling
0: a wave of joy. We're excited to talk to Renee and her editor, Amy Novesky. Let's talk. Okay, Renee, so what gave you the idea for this story? The
2: funny thing about this is that um, it was kind of thrust upon me, you know, that poetry madness poetry competition that Ed DeCaria used to do, or still does, uh, where he assigns um, poets ridiculous words that they have to use in a children's poem. They have 36 hours to write it, and that's it. And they're competing against other... Uh, other poets. So my word for this round was iridescent. And and that was it. I fretted about it for, you know, 35 hours. And in hour 36, I wrote six stanzas uh, that were called the Seaside Crab Ballet. And that was it. (laughs) It was six stanzas. Now I think it's uh, 16. So and the word iridescent doesn't it does not appear in the poem. It was an early (laughs) An early it cut in the revision floor. It was, it was an early cut and revision. It was like one of the first things I cut. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love how ideas can wow. come from any anything and yeah. how a lot of times yeah. the reason why we write something has to be taken out.
1: Bye-bye, <laughs> right, iridescent, shoreline. Exactly. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, Amy, can you tell us why you decided to acquire this story? What was it that made you want to pick it up?
3: It was that word iridescent, I have to say. I was was like, I need to have a book with that word in it. Um, No, I love that story. (laughs) That would have like endeared me to it even more. But honestly, I love books about the ocean. I love books about the beach. So that she was in the door just with that theme alone. And then the ballet theme was super appealing because one of our top selling books is about ballet. And so we had a, a good sense that this book would probably do really well. Um, and then to the French terms, we all, um, are, uh, Francophiles at, at, camera kids and we love French and we love the French language. And so to have all the French balletic terms in there too, which is sort of an educational component. So it works on so many different levels and it's just beautifully written and, and funny too. I mean, dancing crabs, what's not to right. Love? That's so yeah. true. Exactly.
1: Can you give us a look into what your illustrator selection process was like?
3: um yeah so for every book it's sort of wide open and we spend a lot of time looking for artists it's one of our favorite things to do art director melissa spends a lot of time on instagram um, looking at illustrators and i think that's where she found cecile and has always been a fan of her work and um, thought she'd be perfect for the book and we agreed and she agreed and so um, we were really excited it, you know oftentimes books take um, many, many tries to find the right illustrator or to find someone who's available, um, for the book to illustrate the book. And in this case, I feel was, was not only interested, but available. So it was just, we were, we lucked out with her. Yes, yeah, perfect. We really
0: did. It's, um, it's so beautiful. So Renee, it is no surprise that this book is so lyrical and lovely and fun to read aloud. And... After all, you are the expert on lyrical language and poetry. So we're going to include links to the Lyrical Language Lab so that people have easy Thank access you. to it. We know a little bit about the beginning of the writing process for this story, but what was the rest of the writing process for this story?
2: It really arduous, I will say. It was not an easy book. Um Because what happened was right from the start, I knew that I had uh, painted myself into a corner with that rhyme scheme. Because
0: it's a
3: tough uh, one;
2: (laughs) it's really tough because every third line of every single stanza rhymes with all the other third lines of all the other stanzas. So my first third line in the first stanza is uh, is show. The word is show. So I needed to find fifteen other rhymes that went with that rhymed with show. Wow! That also made sense. (laughs) And and move the story along and weren't just there, you know, like pro low, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it was a lot of rhyme searching going on, um, but it was you know like hair raising. Um, and besides that, all the other three lines in every in every stanza also rhyme, so kind of like a rhyming nightmare. Um, and then there were the French ballet terms that get in there as well, and that took a long time to wrangle. Um, that element along with all the sea creatures because the ballet move had to actually be something the creature could do, right. like the urchins dancing on plant and the, uh, the glissade of the jellyfish. You, you know, you just couldn't have random pairings. So oh, there was a lot of research involved and lots of lists of rhymes and ballet words and um, thesaurus uh, synonyms. And <laughs> it was just... Just like a, It was like a huge puzzle, huge. I mean, rhyme is always a puzzle, but this one was particularly puzzly. y um, And I do want to pause and thank the French people for having a language in which words end in stressed vowel sounds, like jeté and tableau, because they really helped me out on that. True. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: that was um, a good find. <laughs> So normally, rhyme, I would say, if we want to use a metaphor of sorts, it feels like a a Rubik's Cube, right? Things have to be in their certain place. But it sounds like your Rubik's Cube was one of those large, like six-sided kind of Rubik's Cubes that all had to be working in order for the whole piece to come together. And you did it. Well, yeah. It's
2: lovely. uh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I was petrified, petrified, absolutely terrified of the thoughts of of receiving edits <laughs> oh. from Amy.
0: Well, we're going to be talking about that soon. Do you have a writing schedule or any no. No, <laughs> writing <laughs> habits that you want to share with us? I the listeners? am terrible. <laughs> no,
2: um, not one. Well, huh? <laughs> you know, of course, uh, the main thing that I do since I do write mostly in free verse, actually. Uh, This happens to rhyme, but um, free verse is kind of my thing. And I just read it aloud, ad nauseum, constantly, 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 over and over and over and over and over again. And I do the whole conducting thing. I'm very um, physical when I am reading aloud because I need to feel it in my muscles and everything. It's something I have to do. I don't know, a little bit of a music. I'm not a musician or anything, but I just have to feel that rhythm and if it's working. Uh, so yeah, I do get very physical with it. And I do suggest that writers do that, you know, even if you're writing in prose, it's important to, to do that, read aloud on your own and get physical with it, you know, get out of your chair, conduct it. I conduct it like a, like a symphony, but you know, lyrical prose or any kind of prose, it's the rhythm, um, and the music in that prose is so important. So I suggest doing that, uh, as well. But as far as the writing process, like times and things, I am so seat of my pants uh, with that. You know, I've got three kids and, you know, like so many people and work and everything else. Uh, it's very noisy around here. So, yeah, it's just, you know, like so many of us, squeezing it in when you can. Mm-hmm.
1: And it is.
0: I love it. It's important to take those moments. And, and I think all
1: picture books, like stuff. you were saying with the prose, whether it's prose or rhyme, I mean, picture books are meant to be read aloud, right? So if you re- if the book is meant to be read aloud, it needs to have that almost musicality to it. Well, Amy, it sounds like uh, Renee was a little nervous about the edit notes, but can you share with us some of the editing process?
3: I feel like the the story came in pretty solid. And the only thing we really uh, focused on um, was the beginning. I mean, there are things throughout, but I remember the beginning. That we we spent the most time on, um, and thankfully um, for me, I'm terrible at end rhyme. I just don't trust my ear for it. So, uh, thank thankfully for me, Renee is really strong in that way, and and I trusted her as as the author. Um, and I really do. And when, when when authors choose to write in rhyme, especially end rhyme, I feel like it's really important to. Um, to, as the editor, to trust that they've got it, that they know what they're doing, that they can hear it, um, because I'm really relying on them to know exactly how it should be and what they. Tr- believe is the best word and word choice. And if it's not, you know, hopefully it's reading well to my ear or sounding well to my ear as well. And if it's not, those are the things I'll know, you know, this doesn't sound quite right to my ear. And then we'll just, you know, go from there. But I thought it was, you know, in really great shape. And Renee is not only a a great writer and rhymer, but she's an editor as well. I mean, I don't know if she like by trade or by skill, but she certainly has a really good eye for that. And she was really helpful in terms of catching things that were important to the overall final draft of it.
2: In the first edits, I was so relieved when I saw that they weren't, they weren't just going to make me, you know, faint, dead away, need my smelling <laughs> salts. So uh yeah, it was no, it was good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the thing when you write in rhyme it's like don't edit don't edit it's gonna change the entire well, thing it's like you know
2: jenga you take out that one thing it's just all gonna fall apart um mm-hmm. but i will say that the edits made it so much stronger yeah. uh, there were a couple of stanzas especially as amy said in the beginning i'm so much happier with it now and and her questions too yeah her questions pushed me also that's to fantastic. make some changes in some other uh, stanzas that I don't think maybe weren't a, they weren't as strong as as they could have been. And now I feel I just feel so much better having it out in the world with those changes in it. And one of the funny ones for me was uh, the end because we also worked on the end, the the, the tops and bottoms, let's say. Um, and one of her suggestions was uh, changing something in the last stanza to use the word bravo or something like that. I think I don't know if I had encore. I don't even remember what it was. And I thought, oh no, 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 no. It doesn't fit with the meter because it's iambic meter, you know, da 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 da, bravo is bravo in Italian. But then oh. I discovered that in French it's bravo, and I, I was like, Thank you again, French people. Yes. <laughs> so. yes. So now it does save us again. Bravo. And I was so happy to find that out. So, les jus sont faits. And I was very, very happy
1: (laughs) with that final. I love that. Yeah. So, when did you have to cut out the word iridescent? How did that come about? That actually came from my agent
2: a long time ago. Because, yeah, I wrote this in 2015. And I mean, um, the first poem, which was short. And then I took a year to expand it. And a year later, I gave it to my critique group. And then several months later, um, I had it in a shape that I sent it to uh, my agent, who was not my agent at the time. It was a, you know, a query. Um, And she became my agent. And she had some um, suggestions as well, because she thought that the second part of it after the intermission was a little light. So she wanted me to balance it out. It took me one year to get back to her with new stanzas. Wow.
0: Is this the story that got the agent?
2: Yes. But she did want me to, she's an editorial agent and she did want me to fill out the the second half, which again, took me so long to do because, you know, I don't know if you ever had those blocks. I just, I didn't know how to approach it. Honestly,
0: was there a certain inspiration that made the blocks go away after a
1: year? I think
2: desire to actually have a book published sometime in my lifetime <laughs> <It> was the <laughs> final push that I needed. <laughs>
1: That's good motivation.
2: Like, you know, um, this has to happen eventually. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It was just a weird year. And plus, I had a newborn daughter. (laughs) So that probably had something to do with it as well Mm -hmm. time, time, and inspiration, and exhaustion, and all that kind of thing. But, and I have a great critique group. So uh, they did push me as well.
0: That's fantastic. We have one more question for both of you. And we're going to start with Amy. What do you hope people will feel or learn? when they read this book?
3: I think given the last few years we've had, I hope it's a breath of fresh air. Like people just feel that they're literally standing in front of the ocean and spending time with all of these beautiful creatures in the ocean, but that they also laugh. I mean, I think one of my favorite spreads is toward the end when all the crabs are sort of diving back into the ocean. I just, I had that (laughs) from the start and I love that it made it into the book. And I just think that's so funny. And I just, I, I think it's important to laugh. We all need to laugh right now. Have, find beauty and laugh.
1: Absolutely, for sure. Renee, same question for you. When someone reads The Crab Ballet, what do you hope they feel or learn? Well, first
2: I hope they just enjoy the story. And the language and sort of get lost in the, in the sea creatures and the, you know, just the language and the musicality of it. Uh, you know, most of what I write involves the arts in some way, um, simply because I think practicing some kind of art or craft is essential for like every human being to do, uh, no matter what their age. Uh, in this case, it's ballet and other works, it's theater or music uh, and so on. Um, So I'm always hoping to spark some interest in the arts, in any kind of art, any art, any craft, anything at all that's creative uh, in kids.
0: A big thank you to Renee and Amy for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for The Crab Ballet. Check out the show notes to learn more about Renee and her other fabulous work. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and
1: happy happy looking. looking.
0: Picture book look is produced by Kirstie Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.